you have your Bible, take it to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We gather this morning around the Word of God. It's one thing for us, and it's good for us to sing, that our faith would be made stronger. And as you look at Hebrews uh, chapter 11, you're going to get a chance to see some individuals that their faith was made stronger, and it really probably didn't take place in a church building. And so this morning, as you are gathered and you know have this in front of you, how does your faith affect your life? I realize that you're in church, so you'd say, well, you know, I mean, I believe I'm here, right? Well, I guess I want to ask you another question or maybe make this statement, I would suggest to you this morning that your obedience demonstrates what you have faith in. So we've gathered around buildings called church for years. People talk about the word faith for years. But I believe the word faith, as you look at Hebrews chapter 11, is an opportunity for you to grow in who you are. It's an opportunity for us to come to the realization that biblical faith is going to be a process that is going to be made stronger over the years. It's just not like, you know, Abraham woke up and said, oh yeah, I got faith. Or Noah woke up, oh yeah, I got faith. I mean, I understand what this looks like. And so this morning, as you hear the Word of God, as you look again at something that's very familiar to you, a word that you've heard often, but as I sat with the Word of God this week and thought about the word faith, I was really challenged with the word obedience. I was really challenged with a group of people. So if you have your Bible, go to Hebrews uh, chapter 11. Look at verse 7. Hebrews 11, 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events has not yet seen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Does that strike you as interesting? Did you have this guy by the name of of Noah, that God has come to him and said, Noah, this is what's going to happen. And because Noah had reverent fear of God, for a hundred years, he built a boat. For a hundred years, he walked around as his sons, saying, you know what? This is what God has warned us about. This is what God wants us to do. Because there's going to come a time that he's going to flood the earth. It didn't matter what everybody else said. So out of Noah's faith in God's words, demonstrated a hundred years of obedience of building an ark when it had never, ever rained. Just because God gave him a warning. Think about that. And so you sit here this morning, and God has given us a warning. That there's going to come a time, I don't know when the day, I don't know the year, but every knee's going to bow before Jesus. That's the warning. So what are we saying by faith? We're going to act this way for 25 years or 30 years, and people are going to look at you like, you know what? You're just flat out crazy. Great, I'm joining Noah's club. Because God asked Noah to do something that was ridiculous, that made no sense. But because Noah heard God's voice, he acted differently. There's another one that I want you to see in Hebrews chapter 11. Drop down to verse 8, Hebrews 11:8. 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called 
to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. God, you want me to go where? Oh, yeah, just go out there. I'm going to take care of you. Look up into the stars. Oh, that's going to be your, that's going to be your generations. Really, God? I mean, what about the house? What about my salary? What about my comfort? What about my family? What about our safety? Because Abraham heard God say this, what did Abraham do? He went. God, that's what you want from me? I'm going. I'll walk down that road. You asked me to do it? Here I am. Look at verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, so your faith is going to be made stronger by testing your faith. By God saying to you, okay, this is what I'm going to ask you to do, and there's going to be situation that God loves you enough to put you in a scenario to test you. Did he do it to Abraham? Absolutely. God said, here's your son, now sacrifice him. So Abraham must have believed in the resurrection. His son, can you imagine this conversation? you got Abraham and Isaac, and they're going to sacrifice. I'm sure that Isaac has seen Abraham sacrifice before. He asks his dad, Dad, you have the knife, you have the wood, you have the fire. But, Dad, there's one thing that's missing, the sacrifice. Yeah, I know, boy, that's you. What? Me? And at the age of Abraham, I promise you, he did not chase his son down and tie him up. My guess that Isaac says, you know what, this is what my dad has heard from God, so I'm getting on the altar. Go ahead, Dad, I trust you. Because you trust God. And you've walked around in these weird places, and you went an amazing place, and you've... All right, here I am. Another one. Hebrews chapter 11, verse uh, 22. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the Exodus and Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Joseph, the guy who was sold as a slave, coat of many colors, in prison. And if you look at the end of Joseph's life in Genesis chapter 50, 24 to 26, he prophesies that God will deliver the Israelites. I don't know if that strikes you as interesting, but it it strikes me very interesting that a guy that had every opportunity to be bitter and angry at God, at the end of his life, in Genesis, he's saying, you know what? God will deliver you. He didn't allow the Egyptian culture to affect who he was. He didn't allow his opportunity to say, you know what, God? If you would love me, then my life would be really satisfactory. Do it this way. And I just wonder, how many people are gathered in buildings around the United States of America that actually live by faith? That are actually saying, God, what do you want from me? God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? How many people are gathered in buildings called churches saying, you know what, God? You said this is what was right, so I'm going to follow you. You said that I've been adopted as your son, so I'm going to receive that by faith. Oh, yeah, I've got forgiveness of sins. Can you imagine what it's like to be in a prison with 110 guys, most knowing mostly that they have no concept of what a father even looks like? 
And then you read to them Ephesians chapter 1, that they've been adopted as sons. So I said to him, will you, will you as men sitting in prison receive the fact that your father loved you enough and adopted you as sons? His name is Jesus. When you're sitting in your cell saying, you know what, God? Well, what about this and what about this and what about this and what about this and what about this? Would you accept the biblical fact by faith that you belong to somebody, that you have a purpose, and that he knows your name? Did you read on a little bit farther in Hebrews chapter 11? We were in uh, prayer time last Sunday, and Will brought this up, and I had, I had forgotten about it, and I hadn't thought about it in a while. So Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32, what more shall I say for the time fail me to tell of Gideon, and there's other individuals he can talk about, but I don't know, it just, I went back and just started refreshing my mind of Gideon. So if you have some time, Judges chapter 7 says, God says to Gideon, this is what I want you to do. And so Gideon is now faced with an army that they cannot count the people. So Gideon's went and looked over the valley and said, that's the people. And, and God has said to Gideon, all right, Gideon, I want you to take 300 men and go battle the men that you can't count. And if that's not good enough, Gideon, I also, uh, in Judges chapter 7, verse 16, this is what I want you to take to battle. Trumpets and fire. Now, just the thought, God, could you give me a knife or a bow and arrow or something, God. And God said no. You know why? Because the nation of Israel said, you know, we got power in the sword. Or we've got power in our strategic ability. And God wanted nobody else to get the credit but him and him alone. So take a trumpet. And when I say blow, blow the trumpet. And break the glass. And then there's going to be fire. And then they're going to just turn on each other and kill each other. That's the plan. And that's what happened. So by faith, Gideon said, you know what, God? This is ridiculous. I'm going to trust you. God, it's not, you know, strategically wise to go to battle with no uh, weapons. Anybody ever try to whop somebody over the head with a trumpet and come out on top? And so this morning, as you look at these individuals, they're doing things that don't make sense. They're saying, God, because we hear your voice, we know this is what you want for us, we're going to obey. Look at uh, verse 36 of Hebrews chapter 11. Others suffered mocking and flogging and chains and imprisonments, and they were stoned and they were sawn in two, and they were killed with a sword. And they went about in skins of sheep and goats and destitute and afflicted and mistreated of whom the world had not worthy, wandering in the deserts and mountains and the dens and the caves. And all of that, they went through all that. You know why? Because they wouldn't walk away from their God. Because they knew there was going to be a time that they would stand before their maker and say, you know what, this is what you want me to do. You want to kill me? Kill me. You want to saw me in two? Saw me in two. You want to laugh at me? Laugh at me. Because what mattered most to them was, in verse 39, all these things, though commended through their faith did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, 
And apart from us, they shall not be made perfect. God, we're going to trust you. God, if you want me to go to prison, I'll go to prison. God, if you want somebody to beat us, then let them beat us. So it's interesting, as you think about faith, these individuals did more than just hear God's voice. That is very important this morning. I'm not reading you anything new. I'm not going to highlight anything new. The question will be, is once you've heard these words read aloud, God's voice, not my voice, not my thoughts, not my preferences, God's word to you, when you hear it read aloud, will you obey it? That's what these guys did. These individuals were not perfect. Aren't you glad? There's not one person in Hebrews chapter 11 that's any different than you and I sitting in this room. We're all sinners. And we all have issues. The question will be is, will you wrestle with truth and say, you know what, God? I want to be a God that, or a person that lives by faith. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 people were. Also, these individuals were individuals that in their difficult situations did not play the victim card. You really need to allow that to sink into who you are because there is a lot of victims in churches where the power of the resurrected Christ living inside of you, and you play the victim card. Well, but my mama. Well, but my daddy. Well, but that boss at work. Well, but this person and that person and this person. Do you not know Jesus? Do you not have power inside of you to say no matter what's going on around me, I'm not playing that. I can, I can play it. I can play it. I can play it. But when we fall on our face and say, you know what, God? But for your grace, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to allow my faith to grow deeper. I'm going to allow you to test my faith and not be the whiner or not be the complainer or not be the issue person. All of these people, all of these individuals were different. That's very important to you see. You can't be Noah. You can't be David. You can't be Samson. You just need to be you. But be you that hears God's voice through the Scriptures and walks in obedience to God's Word. Don't just know the Bible. Allow the Bible what you know to infiltrate who you are as an individual, which will be demonstrated by your obedience to what you know. Hebrews chapter 12. Now it's your turn. I believe it's now for you sitting in your seat to say, okay, God, I'm ready. I don't want you to think about your neighbor. I don't want to think about your spouse. I don't want you to think about your children. I don't want you to think about your grandchildren. I want you and God to have a little meeting this morning. And this is what I believe that he would like to share with you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, let us lay aside every weight and sin that which easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is before us looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for joy, who for joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and seated at the right hand of God. What does a person of faith look like? A person of faith is an individual that is willing to lay aside every weight. It's the individual that knows that there you could, if you wanted to, you could carry the backpack and you could run the race, but you know it's going to cost you time and energy and effort 
when you carry the backpack. So let me just ask you, just kind of maybe like a little personal question. When was the last time that the Word of God spoke to your heart and in the power of the Holy Spirit you said, you know what, Father, I need to lay this weight down? I don't know if it's anger, rejection, discouragement. I don't know what the weight is, but when was the last time by faith you went to your Father the one who died on the cross for your sins says, you know what, here's my issue. Here it is. I'm going to bring this to you today. I'm going to lay this aside because I don't want to go on for the next 20 years looking back at that issue, whatever that might be. And I know they're legitimate issues. They are legitimate hurts. And you could probably write a book about it. And that's not wrong, okay? It's not wrong. What's wrong is, is for you to carry that weight as the son and daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He never played the victim card. He said, I'll lay it down. You want to crucify me, Father? So that the church of Highlands County, so there'll be a group of individuals in Sebring, Florida, on Hammock Road, say, you know what, I'll lay that down because that's what you did for me. Instead of being the one that says, you know what, I have the right to complain. Also, the person that is a person that is uh, a person of faith looks like they keep short accounts of sin. First John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is that you? Is that me? Yeah, Father, I'm 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 walking in my anger today, so I need to ask for forgiveness. Yep, I'm the I'm whining today because I didn't get whatever I wanted today, and I just need to ask for forgiveness. I'm I'm wrong. I think that's all right, but I think one of the things that we need to consider this morning, since we're next to Hebrews chapter eleven, I think there's a lot of us that walk around in unbelief. God, really, I I don't think you can do that with me. Well, you know, I, I, I don't I just I just don't know. No, you don't know, and neither did anybody in Hebrews chapter eleven, but they know the one who knew. So walk with that person. Fall on your face before him and say, Look, if this is what you want for my life, I'll walk down that road. I'm gonna trust you. A person that is a person of faith lives their life as a life of endurance. And when I think about endurance, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity and the privilege to be cold, um, which one of my, I kind of like that part of life. I remember as a kid riding snowmobile and our hands would be so cold, we would fold them inside of our, uh, our gloves and then we'd just run the whole snowmobile with our, you know, our thumbs. That's how we kind of steered everything because we were not getting off of the snowmobile because we were having too much fun. It didn't matter if our you know, hands were cold. But you know one of the things I think about endurance? I think about that person that just keeps moving forward, even though they're cold, even though they're hurt, even though they're broken, even though they got issues. Yeah, I'm coming to you, Father. I'm not quitting. This hurts more than you'll know, Father, but I'm, I'm moving towards you. This doesn't make sense right now, but I'm moving towards you. I'm angry right now, but I'm moving towards you. Is that you this morning? Is that me? Are we the individual, no matter what's going on around us, we're on a steady path straight to the cross. I'm moving to you. 
This is my concern. My concern, or most of us are like this little kid that fell out of bed. And so the mom went and asked the little girl what happened. She said, Mom, I fell out of the bed. And mom asked the question, why? Well, Mom, I guess I stayed too close to the place that I got in. Can I ask you a very practical question? Are you still the same person or still close to the place when you got in as a believer in Jesus Christ? If you're still close to that same day when you said yes to Jesus, you're not where he wants you to be. So I want to encourage you this morning with the help of the Holy Spirit to move forward. I want to encourage you this morning, and, and there's, I'll put some, some verses on the screen. I'm not going to go through all of these, you know, because we won't leave until after lunchtime, and that's not what I want to do. But I, I want to give you some verses, and, I, and I'll, I'm going to highlight a couple of those verses. So take your Bible and go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. As I think about that Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, I'm thinking in my mind, how do I keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith? Well, I need to know who my father is if that's part of what I'm going to do and act like. So Matthew chapter 6, look at verse um, 32. Matthew six thirty-two. For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need. You need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those things shall be added to you. I want you just to pause this morning and ask yourself, when was the last time you thought about God's kingdom? When was the last time you thought about, how can I build God's kingdom in Highlands County? What's the person that's closest to you, your neighbor or whatever, that you can say, you know what, God, I, I just need to start praying that that person will show up at a church sometime. Doesn't have to be here. I mean, really think about it. When was the last time I set aside my retirement, my checking account, all those things, say, you know what, God, what do you want me to build in our community? I believe that you and I have just went through an opportunity to test our faith in our community. And I believe our Father in Heaven is calling us as church members people who say who love Jesus, to really evaluate, are we seeking his first, his kingdom? Take your Bible and go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Isn't it fascinating when before Jesus left this earth, he said something that was very, very clear. But you will receive power. He knew we were going to need help. And so Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 gave us a gift. He gave us a gift, the Holy Spirit. He deposited a gift inside of us. You know why? You need help. So do I. 
How much help have you asked for this week? How much have we went to our Father and said, you know what, I, I, I just need you. Right now I'm, I'm upside down in this and this and this. I need you to do something. I know you don't want to ask for help. I know you don't. I don't like it either. But one of the freest things last night was standing before those men and saying, you know what, guys, if you're not willing to ask for help, you're not going to find healing. You won't have power. You won't have hope until you say, Jesus, I need you. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Be confident in this very thing, that he who began a good work, and you will be faithful to complete it. How does your faith affect your life? How does faith affect your life? I really want you to be honest with yourself this morning. Oh, it's easy to come and sit. Yep, yep, he said his thing again, and he ran late again. I hope he figured out how to worry about this time thing worked out right. My passion for you is that does my faith look like, does my life look like a person of faith? That's my desire for you. That you will be that individual, that man or woman, Come to reality and say, you know what, God? You want to use my life in this community. Matthew chapter 5, that you would come to reality, to come to the realization that you are God's light of the world. You are His plan for our community right here, right now. There is no other plan. There's no plan B. It's you. Will you humble yourself? Will you say to your Father, here I am. I hear you. I'm, I'm your missionary. Would your faith grow stronger this morning? Will you call upon his name? Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your word to us this morning. And you've challenged us with faith this morning. And it's easy to know about you. And it's easy to know the right answers. And it's easy to just go to church and leave and go to lunch and go about whatever we're going to do. But may that not happen today. May we pause and ask ourselves, am I a person of faith? Does it affect who I am? Are we like Noah in the area? I hear you. I know there's a present danger that is coming. Are we like Abraham? Go over there. It doesn't make sense. Just follow me. Are we going to be like Joseph when we're in prison when it doesn't make sense? We'll say, Father, I'm just going to be faithful and serve you. Spend some time this afternoon asking your father to Identify some of the weights that you need to lay aside. Ask your father there's sin in your life, or there's unbelief, or whatever's going on. Just ask him. He'll show you. Don't be afraid. He's not mad at you. He's not giving you a dirty look. He's not disgusted. He loves you. He chose you before the foundation of the world. Listen to his voice. Listen to his word. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and not the waves. Father, may our family be a family that grows deeper in our faith. May our family be a family that rests in hearing your voice and following you no matter what it costs. May we be the light of the world. May we be the missionaries in Highlands County so one more person, two more people, a thousand more people come to know you as their Savior because we know you're coming back. And we're excited about that. But there are people in our community that are harassed because they don't know you as Father. So send us out into our community.
to love people well. May they see the power of Jesus in our lives. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.